and welcome to another broadcast of Sunshine USA. I'm Warren Landis, your host and Bible teacher here on Sunshine USA. And I want to say hello to our listeners on Spotify and Anchor FM and some of the other platforms we have here at Sunshine USA. And uh, as you know, here on this particular platform, we're doing a study of the Old Testament and the New Testament at the same time. Every other broadcast we're studying in the Old Testament and every other broadcast we're studying in the New Testament. And today we're on the New Testament side of things. In the New Testament, we're in Mark chapter number uh, six, and we'll start reading in just a few moments with verse number one. Now we're going to see where Jesus is making a second attempt to do ministry in his hometown of Nazareth. And bearing in mind, Jesus is still enormously uh, popular, even though we're entering now the second year of Jesus' ministry. And even though he's still enormously popular, there are signs that trouble is brewing in the not-too-distant future. Opposition is rising up, (laughs) not necessarily in today's episode, or even in the next episode, but we're going to see in the next several episodes that Jesus is facing more and more opposition as he goes throughout his ministry. And he's making a second attempt to perform miracles in his hometown of Nazareth. But one of the problems he runs into is the fact that the people simply will not believe. And so basically we're going to see where Jesus just does a handful of miracles of people that are healed. And other than that, uh, once again, he no longer puts a lot of emphasis on reaching Nazareth. Uh, Jesus wants to give everybody an opportunity uh, to hear the gospel and respond to the gospel. But it's important to note that he's not going to force anybody to respond to the gospel against their will. You know, it's like uh, in this country and in other countries, uh, between radio stations and television stations and the Internet, people have all kinds of opportunities to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. And yet, at the same time, Jesus is not going to force anybody uh, to make a decision for him against their will. Uh, It's going to be up to them to either accept God's word or to reject God's word. It's going to be up to them. Um, And in the case of Nazareth, uh, the people of Nazareth, by and large, had decided to reject the ministry of Jesus. Now, that doesn't mean that everybody was opposed to Jesus. Some did receive him. And they're the ones that receive miracles and healing and things like that. But by and large, the people of Nazareth were not very responsive. Well, let's see what happens here. Mark chapter 6 and verse 1. And he went out from thence and came to his own country, and his disciples followed him. And when the Sabbath day was come, he began to teach in the synagogue. And many hearing him were astonished, saying, 
from whence hath he the man done these things? And what wisdom is this which he giveth unto him, that even such mighty works are wrought by his hands? Is not this the carpenter, the son of Mary, the brother of James and Joseph, uh, Joseph's brother and Judea and Simon? And uh, are not his sisters here with us? And they were offended at him. But now notice something in this passage we just read. Now a lot of people <laughs> are a little bit surprised here to realize that Jesus not only has stepbrothers, but stepsisters as well. And so Jesus was literally the first of many siblings. Um, but we find that the people are astonished that Jesus is able to do all these mighty miracles. And they'd already heard from other towns and other communities about people getting right with God and people being healed, and uh, they were just astonished. Now, they apparently did not realize who Jesus was because he was so much more than just a carpenter's son. He was the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And uh, so we find that uh, Jesus here is being questioned He's not being very well received. And it says here, But Jesus said unto them, A prophet is not without honor, save in his own country and among his own kin and in his own house. Now, Jesus is saying something here that most preachers already know. And that is, it's very hard a lot of times to effectively minister to members of your own household. A lot of times it's, a, it's hard to effectively minister to members of your own household. They are some of the hardest people that you will ever reach. And, um, and also people of your own country, your own neighborhood, your own state, your own city. Jesus knows <laughs> these are the people that it's harder to reach than anybody else. He knows it without question. And so he doesn't spend a lot of time trying to reach people any further that don't want to be reached. You know, if you're listening to this broadcast right now, and maybe you've been rejecting God for many years, let me assure you, the day is coming when God's not going to try to reach you anymore. God is going to give you ample opportunity to respond to the gospel. But after a certain point, if you fail to respond to the gospel, then you need to realize that God will leave you alone. And he will not try to coerce you any further into receiving the gospel. That's why it's so dangerous to reject the gospel because the gospel you reject today might be the last opportunity you ever hear the gospel. So think about that. 
But we do see where Jesus does perform some miracles to a few people where he is received. It says, and he could do no more mighty work there save that he laid his hands on a few sick folk and he healed them and he marveled because of their unbelief and he went around about the village's teaching. So he's marveling at their unbelief. I mean, these people in Nazareth, they had, uh, the way I see it, maybe 18 years where Jesus was working as a carpenter. And they saw more of Jesus than anybody else. And guess what? They're the ones that rejected Jesus. They wouldn't have anything to do with him. Except a few a handful of people that did receive them. And I have found that most places where you go as a preacher, there will always be some who will receive you well. And those are the people you minister to. And when they get right with the Lord and when they get healed, you rejoice. Amen? Amen. <laughs> Bearing in mind, when Jesus healed people, one of the things that they had to have in order to be healed was belief. They had to believe. If you didn't believe Jesus could heal you, you didn't get healed. Simple as that. But Jesus went around the villages and the towns and the surrounding area presenting the word, the message. And of course, you know, Jesus is still doing that today through any number of means. Uh, here in my part of the country, I live here in the United States, of course, the state of South Carolina, Greenville, South Carolina in particular. And here in Greenville, South Carolina, we are privileged to have quite a few uh, churches. Some people say we have a church on every street corner here in Greenville, South Carolina. I don't know if I would say every street corner literally, but I mean, we have, I can assure you, a whole lot of churches <laughs> right here in Greenville, South Carolina. And I'm very thankful for that. I praise the Lord for that. And I thank God that each of these churches, for the most part, are doing something to try to reach others with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And then, of course, we have radio and television and satellite, internet. So God is making an effort as never before to reach this generation with the gospel of Jesus Christ. You know, in Matthew chapter 24, we are told that the gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world before Christ comes back. That's something to think about. Now, you know, some people think there is supposedly going to be a, a major revival before Christ comes back in the rapture. Now, I, I agree with David Jeremiah. I don't see any evidence in the scripture that there's going to be a mighty revival before the rapture takes place, but I can tell you that before Christ comes back, we're going to find 
the gospel of Jesus Christ being preached in all the world for a witness. <laughs> and then the Bible says, then shall the end come. I told someone the other day, if you really want to see the second coming of Christ take place, you know what you need to do? <laughs> you need to help get out the gospel. Because Jesus said this gospel will be preached in all the world as a witness. Now, you know, one of the things I thank God for, where Sunshine USA is concerned, this is a internet radio ministry that is reaching into quite a few countries around the world. I thank God for that. Uh, right now we have the gospel of Christ going out by way of the internet into countries where missionaries are not allowed. Human missionaries are not allowed. And in other parts of the world we know that Christians are being martyred and are being terribly persecuted. You know, here in this country, we, we think we're being persecuted because somebody's making fun of us because we're calling ourselves a Christian or because we bring a Bible to school or we bring our Bible to work. But we have places around the world today where people are locked up in prison and killed for no other reason than the fact that they're a Christian. And this is so sad. So we find that Jesus goes into all these different towns and villages and carries to them the gospel. Now, let's uh, read on. Um, it says in verse 7, Mark chapter 6 and verse 7, And he called unto the twelve, that is his twelve disciples, and began to send them forth two by two, and gave them uh, power over spirits, uh, uh, over unclean spirits. Now, I want you to notice something. He sends them out two by two. In other words, he doesn't send anybody out alone. Now, this is a very wise strategy. I remember when I first got saved, uh, we had a Monday night visitation program at my church. And uh, even though I was only a teenager, I went to Monday night visitation. In fact, uh, they said I was the youngest person ever to go out on Monday night visitation. And we would go out by two and reach people with the gospel. But we'd go out two by two. And the purpose of this, of course, is uh, to some degree for protection. I mean, if you go to somebody's home, uh, and they make an accusation against you, you want somebody that can back you up that nothing improper was taking place. And certainly we know in today's world it's very unsafe for anybody for any reason to go out by themselves. And especially if you're walking through the neighborhood and you're knocking on doors and telling people about Jesus. It's just not safe 
doing it all by yourself. You should go in groups of two. Uh, in many cases, it is for your own safety, both for the safety of your reputation and also for your own physical safety in some cases. A person may not be afraid to beat you up, but if you're with somebody else, they're less likely to beat you up. Now, by the way, I will say something else here, and I think this is important. And this is especially something important for me to point out to you young pastors out there. Those of you who are young pastors, let me tell you something. Don't go doing door-to-door ministry by yourself. Not only are you in physical danger, perhaps, if you do that, but let's say you come to a house and there's a female there, and you go inside and it's just you and that female. She can start all kinds of rumors about you, and you're defenseless to do anything about it because nobody's with you to back you up. To say, no, that didn't happen. (laughs) She could say almost anything happened and you wouldn't be able to deny it. And so, if you're a pastor and you do door-to-door visiting, and I think you should, don't go by yourself. Take somebody with you. At least two people, maybe three. I generally would not advise you to take more than three For the simple reason, if you take more than three, the person you're visiting might feel like they're being ganged up on. And that's certainly not a good feeling. But they went out in twos. And by the way, let me say something about ministry in general here. One of the things I say here about ministry in general is the fact that ministry is not a one-man crusade. Now, it's amazing what one person can do when they're totally sold out for God. That's true. But for the most part, reaching this world with the gospel of Christ, it requires more than a one-man effort. It's usually a team effort. And Jesus, by sending these guys out two by two, He shows incredible organization. You know, God loves decency and in order. Just like the worship service, it ought to be in order. Well, anyway, we press on. And he says he commanded them that they should take nothing for their journey, save a staff only, no script, No bread, no money in their purse. But be shod with sandals and not even two coats. In other words, he's uh, telling them, take only what you need. Basically, don't take two of anything. You know, a lot of times you're going to find in life and in ministry that the more you have, you're going to find that the more you have, the more you're going to be tempted to feel like you don't need God. 
So when these disciples were sent out to uh, do God's work, he said, don't take money with you. Just simply go. He says, don't take script with you. In other words, I think one of the ideas here is don't worry about what you're going to say. A lot of people, when they come into my apartment where I record this radio program and they watch me as I record the radio program, I mean, usually I'm here by myself when I do the program. Once in a while, people come in and watch me as I record the program. But one of the things that people are amazed at is that for the most part, I come into my radio studio and I don't have any notes with me. Because you see, I want to be totally dependent on God's Holy Spirit as to what I'm going to say. Let me say that again. I want to be totally dependent on God's Holy Spirit as to what I'm going to say. And that's the idea here. These disciples are being sent out two by two. Now you got 12 disciples, so they're sent out by twos, so you got six pairs of disciples going out. And notice he gives them some additional instructions. He says unto them, In what place soever you enter into a house, and there abide till ye depart from that place. And whosoever shall not receive you, nor hear you when you depart from thence, shake off the dust from under your feet for a testimony unto them. Verily I say unto you, it shall be more tolerable for Sodom and Gomorrah in that day of judgment than for that city. It says in verse 12, And they went out, and they preached that men should repent. And they cast out many devils, and anointed with oil many that were sick, and they healed them. <laughs> they healed them. Boy, that is exciting. They were getting results. Now, Jesus said, you know, uh, when you come to a house, stay there. And, you know, back in those days when you were a traveling preacher, you didn't stay in the Holiday Inn. You didn't stay in the Hilton. You typically stayed in somebody's home. That's usually how you traveled back in those days. In fact, I know some churches today, whenever uh, they have a revival, usually they try to put the guest evangelist up in somebody's home. And uh, this is good for two reasons. Number one, it saves the church a lot of money on hotel bills. And number two, it gives the visiting preacher an opportunity to fellowship with one of the families that he's going to be ministering to that week. And they have an opportunity to learn from him more than most other people. Because, 
you know, he's residing at their house. Amen. It's a wonderful thing. Um, I look forward to going to church every Sunday. Now, I don't have a car. I am blessed to attend church at the San Susi Church here in Greenville, South Carolina, and they have church members there that see no problem at all taking me to church or bringing me back home. <laughs> in fact, some Sundays, you know, I have two or three different church members that want to give me a ride. And of course, I can only go with one at a time. So that's a marvelous thing. And that's the way it should work there. But Jesus says, hey, you know, if you go into a town and they won't receive you, shake the dust off your feet. You know, um, don't become overly worried about the people that reject you. Because that's going to happen. I don't care how great a preacher you are. I don't ha care how great of an evangelist you are. There's always going to be somebody somewhere who doesn't like you. And to be honest with you, I don't know of anything you can do about it. Except pray for them. But don't worry about them. Press on. Go to the next church, the next town, the next city. And present the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now, like I say, this is all happening during a time of growing opposition. This is really somewhere around the beginning of the second year of Jesus' ministry. It's a year of growing opposition. We see in verse 14, it says, And King Herod heard of him. So now, the big, wigs, the big wigs of government are finding out what Jesus is doing, and they're troubled by it. They're worried about it, and for a number of different reasons. And we'll be finding out more about this in future broadcasts. Um, but I hope you've enjoyed our little get-together today. Uh, I'll be honest with you, I love it. Whenever we come to um, the Word of God, um, one of the things I love about retirement, I mean, I'm not totally retired as a preacher because, I mean, obviously I'm still hosting Sunshine USA and doing other ministry-related things. So I'm not totally retired. I am partially retired. During most of my ministry, I've been bivocational. Now, as a result uh, of being bivocational, uh, I have had two st sources of income throughout my life. Most of it has been secular, working at various uh, secular companies. And in fact, really, I've made very little money in the ministry. And as, as I've indicated before, I don't receive a salary at all for doing this broadcast called Sunshine USA. I do it out of the goodness of my heart. I do it as a volunteer. And I might add, I'm the only one on staff here at Sunshine USA. I hope the day comes when we do have a bigger staff, and the day comes probably when we will have a paid staff, not me. I don't plan to ever accept a salary here at Sunshine USA. But... 
in the future, if we have full-time employees, obviously, they will probably need a, sec- a, a salary. But the whole point is, um, I'm retired as far as secular work is concerned. And as a result of that, I have a whole lot more time now to read and study the Word of God than I ever did before. I told someone the other day, you know, it's, it's kind of amazing. I wish I had this much time to study the Word of God back when I was a student in college and seminary. I think my grades would have been a lot better. Amen. <laughs> you know, some people today, they graduate magnum cum laude. I was just glad to be there. <laughs> Amen. Well, anyway, I hope that you've gotten something out of the broadcast today. And if you enjoy listening to Sunshine USA, I hope that you'll share with other people how they too can hear Sunshine USA on their computer or smartphone. And if you would like to ask me a a Bible study question or if you want to send me a prayer request, the best way to do that is by email. I have two email addresses. One is warrenlandis at yahoo.com, and the other one is warrenlandis at gmail.com. Now, I also have a snail mail address for those of you that want to use the old school way to send me a letter, and I'll be glad to read that as well. Uh, My snail mail address is warrenlandis, 80 Thruston Street, that's T-H-R-U-S-T-O-N, 80 Thruston Street, Greenville, South Carolina, 29605. And oh yes, that apartment number, 8510. You got to put that apartment number on there or I won't get it. So it's Warren Landis, 80 Thruston Street, apartment 8510, Greenville, South Carolina, 29605. That is my snail mail address and I would love to hear from you. And by the way, if you ever want to... uh, Send me your phone number and you want me to call you and talk to you. I'll be glad to do that. You know, sometimes, you know, you just need another Christian to talk to. Maybe another Christian to pray with you. And I'll be glad to do that. That's part of what my ministry is all about. Well, I've enjoyed being with you today. I hope that you have gotten some out of this broadcast. And don't fret none because I'll be back again next time. And we'll do it all over again here on Sunshine. USA.